What's up? This is the last coffee house. I don't know how this is going to impact my ability to analyze this book right now, but I was just watching Battle Rap. We'll see if that has some kind of an effect on it. But today we're looking at To the Lighthouse. Now, I just, I read this recently. This is the first Virginia Woolf book that I actually read cover to cover, and it's going to be part of the best of literature reading list. So when I get to it for that, I'll go into more detail. But right now, I just read it, so I'm just going to do a quick one on what it's about, a couple of quotes, try not to spoil a whole bunch of stuff, but but I just wanted to get it. I just wanted to talk about it. So it's To the Lighthouse by Virginia Woolf, published 1927. And the way it works is about the Ramsey family. It centers around them and it has shifting perspectives and it's more episodic than narrative driven. So it's it's mostly comparable to like Ulysses. It's more allegory than just a narrative book that's telling a story or something like that. Or even just telling a story to establish themes and ideas and philosophies. It's more modern. And just to be clear, uh, I want to say this up front. I absolutely love this damn book. It's amongst the greatest works in the history of literature. I had no idea it was lurking in the depths as I was going through the rest of the literary canon. Like, for some reason, I felt like I had some kind of a, a special kinship when it came to literature with Virginia Woolf, but she was someone I would read chunks of hers when they'd come up and be impressed, but I didn't know. I even wrote a short story that was explicitly about a relationship to a Virginia Woolf that was inscrutable to me. <laughs> I was a little afraid of reading her. So now that I've read this whole book, I mean, it is amongst the absolute best in the history of literature. To me, absolutely no question. The prose is fantastic. And like I said, this isn't structured around making a bunch of real characters and a functional world and the complexity comes from the interaction of the characters. This is the complexity that comes from her own philosophical ruminations about what it means to be a woman, what society does related to women and what has to be shed for a true genuine artist who happens to be female to be able to break out and just be an artist. It's so inventive. Every page you're going to have something that you're you're blown away by how that's said. But even more than that, so many things are said in such creative ways that I just loved reading the language. And I'll go into a couple of short quotes here just so you can get an idea of how it's written to determine whether you're going to want to read it or not. And just be clear, like this isn't some easily accessible I'll have soon another book that comes up that's easily accessible and just kind of a gentle read that you can ease into. But this is not one of those. This is something that oftentimes you find yourself just kind of lost in it as opposed to following what's going on. Like I said, it's episodic. So a lot of the times the characters will blend together. The storylines will blend together. Very important things that should be kind of momentous in a regular narrative are treated with flippancy, just kind of tossed in there. And things that would be seem mundane are things that have incredible weight and sophistication and it makes for a different kind of a reading experience and coming off of like I still haven't done 100 years of solitude yet on the show but coming off of that and thinking about Ulysses and the one I haven't finished <laughs> that maybe I should not speak of the one that shall not be named I have finished Ulysses multiple times I recently only recently read 100 years of solitude so I was missing out on that for most of my life and now this these are modern literary masterworks that are doing so much that it really takes multiple readings or really having a great discussion group to, to be able to talk about this stuff to really get what it's what it's getting at and what it's trying to do. So it's like I kind of alluded to earlier, it's got themes about the yoke of society on women and women's artistic expression and the way that traditional institutions like family and marriage and children and all those things impact their ability to be artistic. But like this is not some cheap feminist tract. This is 
is a brilliant work of literary art. That's the difference. It's not just saying some kind of one-dimensional issue. This is art and has so much more to say than that and does it in such a creative way, an unbelievably creative way, while still managing to get across ideas that the artist believes are important. And I absolutely understand why this is considered, you know, it's amongst the, the greatest in the canon and makes it very high up on, on many lists related to the greatest works of literature. Okay, having said that, and... <laughs> I hope I kind of expressed what people will get out of it, and if you don't have an interest in, in this kind of episodic reading, it's it's shorter than a lot of the other kinds of modern literary works that are more ruminations, that are kind of just kind of following a, a stream of consciousness kind of a setup. And it's it's more reserved than pure stream of consciousness, you know, it, there's a lot, it's, it's more anchored than that, so it's easier than that to get into. It might have kind of the right, perfect balance between those ideas, a stream of consciousness consciousness and a narrative so that you get more out of it as you're going through it. But maybe we could compare it once we get, you know, deep into Ulysses and some of the other modern works, then we can compare it to that. But if you like just plain narrative so it's easy on your brain, <laughs> then uh, you might have trouble getting into this book. If you like really interesting, complex ideas and allegory and themes and those kinds of things, then you're going to really enjoy this book. But regardless, I'm saying it now, it absolutely deserves its spot amongst the greatest works of literature. And just to hopefully further sell my position here, I'm going to read some quotes, a couple of quotes from it, just a couple, and see if you like it. If you like the prose, maybe you'll want to get into it. If not, then, you know, move on to something else. But here we go. Quote, She was now formidable to behold and it was only in silence, looking up from their plates after she had spoken so severely about Charles Tansley, that her daughters, Prue, Nancy Rose, could sport with infidel ideas which they had brewed for themselves of a life different from hers, in Paris perhaps, a wilder life, not always taking care of some man or other, for there was in all their minds a mute questioning of deference and chivalry, of the Bank of England and the Indian Empire, of ringed fingers and lace, though to them all there was something in this of the essence of beauty which called out the manliness in their girlish hearts, and made them, as they sat at table beneath their mother's eyes, honor her strange severity, her extreme courtesy, like a queen's raising from the mud a beggar's dirty foot and washing it. When she thus admonished them so severely about that wretched atheist who had chased them to, or speaking accurately, been invited to stay with them in the Isle of Skye." End quote. Implicates a whole bunch of themes that we didn't get into specifically, and obviously when I go really into it, then I'll have more examples and all that sort of stuff to, to do it, but I just Thing. It's so beautifully written. It implicates a bunch of interesting ideas without being Neanderthalic, if that is that a word. It doesn't just like go head first into them. Hey, this is my idea. You know, it, it's extremely creative in how it tells it. And it, like I said, switches perspectives. So it gives this kind of holistic expression of the idea. Okay, second quote. Quote, to pursue truth with such astonishing lack of consideration for other people's feelings to rend the thin veils of civilization so wantonly, so brutally, was to her so horrible an outrage of human decency that, without replying, dazed and blinded, she bent her head as if to let the pelt of jagged hail, the drench of dirty water, bespatter her unrebuked. There was nothing left to be said, end quote. Okay, yes. Beautiful. Momentum. Intrigue. Ideas. Interesting language. The pelt of jagged hail. I, just so many beautiful things in that. Like I said, this is like uh, something that you might expect. It's a mundane thing. She's just being critical of the way that he's responding to things, or the way that he 
functions in kind of a, a unique way. This is just a beautiful quote. These both were beautiful quotes. I absolutely love this book. I can't wait to read it again and really dive into it. This is only one reading, so it's going to be great. But that was To the Lighthouse by Virginia Woolf, one of the all-time greats. And this was The Last Coffee House. I appreciate you listening. If you're interested in books and literature and writing and all that sort of stuff, please consider. I've got a book on Amazon. It's kind of a tester deal. I want to know how people like it. I want to make reading more collaborative. This one has just got a whole bunch of different genres and chapters from books and stuff that I criticize and and go through and all that. All that. And I, I loved it. I had a lot of fun writing it. So it's called John Shade Reads Aspiring Authors. It's on Amazon and I'd really appreciate it. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs>